This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. You're listening to the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you by Go Hunt and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Sign up today to become an insider at GoHunt.com. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitments as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their community for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at Fish and wildlife.org that's fish and wildlife.org ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the average conservationist podcast and i'm your host marcus ewing today i'm joined by james elledge and james is one of the owners of newly two percent certified duck camp uh, Duck Camp is a camel and apparel company out of uh, the Austin, Texas area. And really, James and I get to kind of take a deep dive into what went into making um, the brand, where the idea came from. Um, and like a lot of other guests who have, have a company, you know, they saw a need and, you know, went out and decided to, to really solve, uh, solve that problem. Uh, we get to talk about you know what separates their camo and their gear from a lot of others in the market, uh, as well as you know, kind of the difficulty of, of bringing a new camo uh, line, a new company, a new pattern to market. Um, they've done a great job of being able to kind of take this new school approach um, with colors and the way the patterns um, you know really fall into the the surroundings of the areas that you're hunting but also kind of they they have this nod to kind of some of the vintage camel patterns and things that a lot of us probably saw growing up that either our you know our parents or our grandparents wore uh so it's a, it's a very cool mix between the two um <clears throat> james goes into really you know the types of material that they're looking for what goes into making uh, a good piece of uh, not only you know hunting gear but just you know, regular everyday apparel as well. Um, <clears throat> Duck Camp has something really cool that they're rolling out this year 
where a lot of people have seen companies have brand ambassadors. Um, Duck Camp is kind of doing their own cool, unique spin and coming out with uh, conservation ambassadors. So James gets to tell us more about that. And, you know, they're just rolling it out this year. So it's still kind of in the infant stages, but gets to talk about that. And really the importance and meaning of, you know, mentoring and giving back that they all believe in there at Duck Camp. So super cool episode uh, with a new brand. Um, I've been familiar with them for a few years. Uh, If you haven't, um, definitely be sure and check them out. So episode 49, James Elledge. Enjoy, guys. Uh, Before we get into the episode and the conversation with James, I want to tell you about our friends over at Wild Rivers Coffee. Um, If you recall, we had them uh, on the podcast a while back. And ever since, really, they have launched or shortly after um, Sammy and Marshall Uh, the owners of the company launched their brand. Uh, I've been drinking their coffee. Um, You know, after our initial conversation, I wanted to, you know, support some people who I I really got behind their mission and their love and passion for the outdoors. And, you know, like most of people listening to this, I, I love a good cup of coffee. And they have, you know, really hit the nail on the head with, you know, all their different roasts and everything that they have. Um, At Wild Rivers Coffee, they're roasting in small batches so they can ensure that your coffee is arriving at the peak freshness. Uh, Wild Rivers is also a proud partner of 2% for Conservation. Uh, They believe in preserving the wild places and wild things that bring all of us so much joy. That's why everything they sell, a portion uh, of the proceeds are donated back to conservation organizations that are dear to them. So organizations like Trout Unlimited, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, Ducks Unlimited, and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. So if you haven't already, be sure to go to wildriverscoffeeco.com to order your fresh roasted beans. Uh, They have handmade mugs, um, some really cool merchandise, uh, as well as different accessories for, you know, grinding your own beans, pour over coffee, all that good stuff. So if you use the, um, the promo code, all caps, FISH, underscore wildlife you will save 10 percent off your order so definitely be sure to use that at checkout uh, again that code is fish underscore wildlife and you can check them out at wildriverscoffeeco.com all right joining me on the podcast today from the newly two percent certified duck camp the one of the owners um james elledge james how are you man doing great man thanks for having us on on the podcast today yeah absolutely well i know you're your schedule is uh, is pretty jam packed, so I'm glad that we were able to uh, both make today work, so we could get you on here and, and tell the listeners and everything more about Duck Camp. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know I've been familiar with your brand for a few years, uh, and as I mentioned before we started recording here, I'm excited to to hear more about you know kind of the origin stories, how Duck Camp kind of came to be, the evolution of where you're at, um, and just kind of hear all about it, and then obviously the work that you guys are doing with conservation as well. Yeah, sure thing. I'll kind of take it from the top. So uh, it all started uh, in a teal blind in southwest Louisiana. Our majority owner and founder, uh, Sim Watley, um, was just sweating his butt off uh, in September (laughs) down on on the Gulf Coast uh, in a teal blind. Uh, Kept trying out different uh, shirts that, uh, camouflage shirts that, you know, were marketing themselves as uh, moisture wicking and lightweight but in reality they were 100 percent polyester and they they uh, didn't really breathe it was kind of like a trash bag with a camera printed on it and uh <laughs> so that's kind of where it started in terms of 
um, you know, seeing a need for a lightweight hunting shirt that uh, was made out of a different material than polyester that, that uh, breathed well, uh, wicked away moisture, uh, and performed in the field, especially for hunters along the Gulf Coast. You know, they saw a lot of other cool brands um, doing things in the space with innovative camouflage patterns, but they're kind of geared more to the Western hunter. Um, and so that was kind of the original impetus uh, for Duck Camp. It started with a lightweight hunting shirt in our first year. That was pretty much all we had. That was a little over three years ago. And we've since grown it to be a you know performance fishing and, and hunting apparel brand where uh, we make everything from uh, jackets to uh, merino wool base layers to, um, uh, you know, upland material, upland gear, and, and now some fishing gear that we're pushing this spring and summer. Yeah, well... I think that a lot of great businesses and great business ideas come from like a place of need, right? Where you see this, this kind of hole in the market or, you know, maybe there's something there, but it's just like you guys said, it's not performing the way that you expect it to, or the way that it's kind of marketed to you. And it's weird when I think about a lot of like different camel patterns or, or hunting gear and stuff like that, I always tend to forget about people who hunt in areas where it's warm most of the season, right? I mean, I'm in the Midwest <clears throat> here, so I mean, even early season for me, which, you know, for like deer season starts, you know, October 1st. And I mean, shoot, a lot of times I'm still having to wear base layers the first week of October, even though it's usually, I mean, maybe it's in the 40s or 50s. But, you know, that's, you know, that'd be probably a cold day for, for some people that hunt down in the South. So it's uh, yeah. it's cool to see a brand that's kind of geared more towards people um, that are hunting in the warmer climates. Yeah, for sure. And that was kind of the where we started and where we saw a need and we've since kind of rounded out the product offering so that you know it can it can help somebody who's who's hunting in uh you know the dead cold of, of minnesota or nebraska you know all the way to uh, i mean our big duck season in south texas and i'm sure is the same way in, in south florida and some other places you know our big duck season you might be wearing a pair of camo pants and some hip boots and a lightweight hunting shirt and yeah. it's you know mid-november or early december so yeah um, that's the yeah, kind of hunting like, i need to do more of right there <laughs> come on down man yeah instead of bundling up with you know two jackets four base layers on to to sit in a deer blind in you know early december when it's you know a white out and it's you know single digits or something like that yeah that's as much as i love doing it sometimes i'm like man this stuff's for the birds i don't i don't need to do this <laughs> Especially when you don't see anything. I mean, it's always always a good time out there, but at the same time, you want you want some kind of action when you're when it's freezing. Yeah, exactly. So, you guys said the the kind of the the idea and the impetus of the brand came when you were sitting in a teal blind. Is that kind of where you got the name for the company as well? Yeah, yeah. So that's where the the name originated, and it it kind of revolved around the idea of the camp, right? I mean, uh, the idea of um, you know, you're off work on Friday and, uh, you're, you've been so excited. You've, you've, you know, checked all your shells, you've, you know, cleared out your blind bag. You've, um, you know, got your decoys all stiffed up and rigged up and your, you know, your truck's loaded up and you're going to the camp and that feeling of excitement and being liberated from, you know, whatever toils of the work week and kind of getting down to camp and unplugging a bit, you know, a lot of times you don't have cell service or, um, you know, you don't have any Wi-Fi, so you can't return an email. And, um, you know, the idea of getting to the camp and the camaraderie of the camp is kind of what we wanted Duck Camp to be all about. And, you know, it started a little bit more waterfowl focused. And um, since then, we've wanted to make gear that, 
you know, wide array of outdoorsmen can wear and women can wear. Um, so, you know, it could be quail camp or fish camp or deer camp or um, whatever else you're chasing. But, you know, the Duck Camp brand is all about um, that feeling when you go to camp and unplug a little bit and enjoy time with friends and family outdoors. Yeah, and, and that's what it's all about, right? I mean, it. I think it's almost like you could that word camp. Like you can throw that on the back of like so many different things and it like just kind of instantly takes you or it makes you think about, you know, whatever the, the first word in front of camp is, whether it's deer camp, it's duck camp, turkey camp, fish camp, whatever it is. I mean, it's just there's kind of this, especially in the outdoor space, like there's this, I don't know, unwritten rule or unwritten bond is I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but it's it's just like you said, that camaraderie that comes with, you know, your buddies, your family, you know, kind of turned off from, you know, the outside world and just enjoying nature, the company of each other, you know, hopefully getting into some birds or some deer, whatever the case is. And uh, no, I think that name kind of really encapsulates what you want in a brand. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, early on, we wanted to make sure that people knew it's not just for duck hunters. Yeah. And, um, so that's why doing things like this is, is, is very helpful to help tell our brand story. And, you know, we make a lot of, uh, upland hunting stuff, you know, blaze orange and solid colors that you can wear across the board. You know, you can wear solid color hunting gear, uh, deer hunting or, or duck hunting or fishing. So, um, a lot of times like our, our four way stretch pants or a, a nice vest, you know, can kind of, crossover into multiple pursuits which we see a lot of people like to do it all yeah yeah and I'm, I'm starting to see that trend um with a lot of outdoor companies going to a lot of solids uh as well because you know people you know if you're going to spend good money on on a premium product you know you'd like to be able to get some more use out of it um especially like with pants for example i mean if you're going to drop 100 150 200 bucks on a pair of pants you know it'd be nice if you can you know not only just wear them in a in the tier, in the deer stand, you know, if you can wear them, you know, around town, or if you're doing some work in the yard, fishing, whatever it is. So to have that that versatility uh, in a piece of outdoor gear is huge, and that's something that uh, I think a lot more people are looking for this year, or you know, this time of year. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and that's kind of we have that bit of duality to the brand like that. You know, you can wear it is performance gear you can wear in the field, but we've also, you know, you can wear like our bamboo shirts or um yeah our, our drifter pants or advantage pants like like you're saying you can they're nice they look nice enough to where you could wear it out to to lunch or um you know out on the town so i so, think that's one thing we wanted to uh capture as well yeah so you just mentioned one of the products that i definitely want to talk about because i've only ever seen it one other place um is the bamboo and i i own i, I hate saying this but i own some bamboo shirts from another company and yeah. it's it's awesome. I love that material. So how did you guys land on that and decide to really, you know, I mean, cause you guys have, a, you know, what a handful of different offerings that are in the bamboo family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, bamboo is like a, a true super fabric, you know, it's, it's plant plant based. Um, so a little better for the environment, a little more eco-friendly. Um, we also just launched some new polo shirts that are made with a modal fabric. That's also plant based. Um, but the bamboo is, is, is great. I think we, we were the first ones to come out with a camouflage bamboo yeah. shirt. Um, and those have been super popular. Um, the, the thing about bamboo is it just wears so soft on the skin. Um, uh, but it also has all the performance attributes that sportsmen are looking for. It, 
it wicks away moisture quickly. It breathes well, um, especially when it's blended with a little bit of uh, either either cotton or a little bit of poly um, to kind of make it make it more quick dry. Um, and it doesn't. The main thing is it doesn't stink, so you can wear it uh, days on end. And uh, it kind of has those antifungal uh, properties to it. So it's a it's a great fabric for uh, just a ca- casual wear, but also as a, a layering uh, system as the next skin layer. Yeah, I find that especially like once like late spring and, and the summer roll around that I'm wearing the bamboo shirts that I have pretty regularly just because like you said, even if it's a long sleeve or something like that, like you just you, it doesn't feel like it. it doesn't wear like it. And it's all the things you just mentioned they're super soft you know moisture wicking and it's just yeah it's it, they're it's a great material and i i love to see that you guys have incorporated that into uh, the camel patterns as well yeah for sure yeah i mean it, it just kind of took off i mean you'll see on our website now it's you know our main headings are fishing hunting every day and bamboo you know yeah. it's such a big part of our business now because people people just love them and we see a bamboo first-time purchaser is coming back uh, and buying a lot more of, of the shirts in different colors or in the camouflage pattern for whatever they're chasing. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great fabric. So now with the camel patterns, walk me through that process because, you know, there's obviously been a lot of companies out there that have like tried to, you know, make new camel patterns, bring them to market and they just don't do well. But I, I've noticed something with Duck Camp is that they're much different than a lot of the other camel patterns that you've seen on the market. Um, so how, kind of walk me through that process. What did it look like to kind of, you know, create those really? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we, we designed all of our own camouflage patterns. They're pretty proprietary, uh, to duck camp and, uh, and super effective. I think, you know, the thought process there was instead of, um, thinking about what we like, uh, through the human's eyes, it's thinking about like, what does the bird see? Um, you know, like for our wetland patterns, we do an early season wetland pattern and a a late season wetland pattern. And so the early season has more greens in it. It's when the vegetation is still holding its green, maybe it's teal season or early duck season in some parts of the country, it might work year round. Um, and then the late season wetland pattern has more tans and browns in it. Um, and it's meant for when that vegetation has kind of died off, especially like in coastal marshes or flooded agriculture fields. Um, those wetland patterns are really good. Any open environments and it's got kind of this splotchy, um, pattern to it. And, and that really confuses the eye of birds scanning overhead that combined with a kind of hexagonal sub pattern. Um, it, it, it kind of, uh, mimics like leaves and, uh, uh, debris kind of moving around. Um, so, you know, if you're still and you're wearing that pattern and there's a bird overhead, you're going to blend in pretty well in, in any open field, open environments, flooded fields, coastal marshes. And then we have a woodland pattern that's more of a vertical camouflage pattern. And it's meant to mimic the vertical lines and tree bark. Um, and so if you wear that on a spring turkey sit next to a tree or you wear it in flooded timber hunting ducks or you wear it um, in a tree stand hunting whitetails, you, you're going to blend in really well. And, and, you know, a lot of it is about getting your colors right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just making sure we pick the right pantones to, um, mimic the natural colors in the environment and then having the shapes, uh, with those colors to, uh, really blend in seamlessly with the environment. Yeah, no, well, you guys have done a great job with that because, 
<clears throat> while I haven't really, I, I don't do much waterfowl hunting, I, I, I feel like I know enough about camel patterns and what, you know, how, when you're trying to develop them, you know, just like you said, you're trying to develop it around like the, the animal's eye, right. And trying to confuse the animal with your surroundings. And you guys, yeah, you guys have done a great job with all the things that you just kind of laid out for me there. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I think it's, um, and there's other brands that have done really great job with this too, like first light and Kuyu and Sitka in that, you know, it, it works really well in the field and it also doesn't look like sticks and leaves like yeah. our grandfather's camo, you know? <laughs> um, and, and we wanted to kind of blend that heritage aesthetic, uh, with more modern fabrics and more modern, um, style. And so duck camp is, and especially in our camouflage patterns, like the wetland ones, it's kind of a, a, a combination of, uh, you know, a nod to that old school camo, um, while incorporating some modern features and, um, modern functions. Yeah, no, that's, that's just, just before you said that, I was kind of thinking to myself that, yeah, some of your patterns do kind of have an old school vibe to it, but with kind of like this new age twist on it. So yeah, that's you're absolutely right with that. So how difficult is it to, to bring a new camel pattern to market? Yeah. Um, you know, luckily ours were, were pretty, uh, they were adopted pretty well early on. Um, I think people, um, were looking for something that wasn't super like digitized, like, yeah. um, some other, pat you know, more modern patterns can be too digital, like a little too military looking, if you will. Yeah. Um, or they'd have like too many grays or, you know, dark grays that, uh, you might not really see in, in the environment. And so we did a lot of field testing, um, in these different environments, you know, um, going to high Alpine type situations, um, and like more desert situations, like in West Texas, uh, to test out like our, our Midland pattern or like I was talking about earlier with the wetland patterns, getting in these flooded fields and marshes, um, and then, you know, testing things out in the woods for the woodland pattern. Um, but, but bringing them to market, you know, we wanted to, your camouflage pattern is only as good as what kind of fabric and <laughs> how good of, of your construction your garment is. And yeah. so we wanted to make sure that when we first put out our first lightweight hunting shirt, it's a, it's a nylon suplex fabric, which is um, superior to polyester because it, it's softer to the touch. It breathes a whole lot better um, and it still holds its form and is durable. So, you know, it can be, you know, 80 degrees, 90 degrees on an early season dove hunt or a teal hunt and you're kind of busting through the brush and, you know, most people think a lightweight shirt wouldn't be durable, but you know, right. that, that shirt will hold up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think camouflage patterns, it's, it's has to do with the garment you're putting it on where you're using it. And if people think it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, there's always that component. And sometimes it's probably the most important, at least to get it in people's hands to, to try it out. Yeah. So how long ago did duck camp or when did duck camp, uh, first start? When, when did the business first launch? Yeah, so Sim was working on the camouflage patterns uh, with a couple designers and kind of testing out the concept in 2017. So we say established 2017. Um, Marshall and I jumped on board with them in 2018 and um, started working on on more of the business plan and the marketing plan around it and go to market strategies. And so uh, our first uh, full selling season was 2018 when. Um, we started getting some, our first, you know, load of lightweight hunting shirts in and, and trying to sell those. Um, so it's really just been 
a little over three years, I guess about four years now. Okay. So at what point did you guys say, okay, we got something here, right? Like we, we can, we can make this happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's all, it's always a, a little bit daunting when you're trying to prove out the concept that first year. Um, and we were able to sell, sell those lightweight hunting shirts. But, uh, I think when we really started turning the corner was when people other than friends and family were buying them <laughs> <Yeah>. online. <laughs> um, and before we started pumping, a, you know, some, some marketing budget behind it, um, you know, friends and family were and guides, you know, we put some on some hunting guides and fishing guides and they started, you know, telling others about it. And the word of mouth was, was, uh, getting around and we started seeing more direct and organic traffic to our site and, and realizing we might have, might have something to it. But I, I think it was really, um, when we launched the bamboo and we launched pants and people could, uh, get, you know, the same camouflage pattern, uh, on top and bottom that it really started getting adopted, uh, more readily. And, uh, that was kind of, kind of the turning point. Yeah. I think the first thing that I saw from duck camp was one of your guys' hats, uh, like the mallard hat, maybe. So like mm-hmm. you guys have just like this, this like slew of like what, and I mean, I'm a hat guy. I have way more hats than I need to. Um, my wife hates it, but I saw that mallard hat and I was like, that is a sick hat. And then like, as I, 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 I honestly, I think it came up on like an ad on like Facebook or Instagram or something like that. Uh-huh. It came through my feed and I was like, I got to look into this. And then I saw all the different ones you guys had. And yeah, no, those are, those are really sweet hats, man. I really like those. Yeah. Appreciate it. And that's, that's kind of the more like lifestyle yeah. everyday, uh, portion of the business. And I mean, sure you can wear that in the duck line, you can hunt in it, but it's more so, uh, kind of, tying into the lifestyle of, of a duck hunter if you have a if you have a mallard hat on or you have a whitetail hat on or a trout or whatever yeah. it's just kind of that's what you identify with and what you what you want to wear around but yeah the hats hats do really well and um those have been part of the business since pretty early on as well yeah and that's another nice thing about duck camp too is you know you guys offer obviously a, a wide variety of camo patterns um different gear depending on the time of the season but then also having that that lifestyle side of things as well it really allows you know an outdoorsman or an outdoors woman kind of a a one-stop shop for you know their gear or just their everyday apparel as well for sure so james kind of want to shift gears a little bit here tell me how was it that you were introduced to the outdoors yeah so um i would go fishing with my dad just growing up um just casting the a spinning reel, uh, going after bass. And I grew up in Alabama. Um, and so my dad didn't really hunt much. Um, so I started more on the fishing side, uh, getting in the outdoors and we would take, um, a trip with my great uncle, uh, up to the Quetico, uh, in Canada, um, right on the boundary waters every year that I just loved. I loved getting out. I mean, we would go for 10 or 12 nights and, um, we paddle across the border, uh, into, into Canada. And, uh, I remember there were no motorboats allowed right there in the Quetico. And, you know, you could take your Nalgene bottle and dip it in the water as you're canoeing and, and drink the water. And it just made the fish taste amazing as well. So we'd catch walleye and pike and big smallmouth bass. And, um, I just, that was kind of like my formative experience in the outdoors. And, you know, you'd hear a big grouse beating his wings or you'd hear, you know, you see bald eagles soaring. We'd put, 
you know, fish carcasses out on, on the, on the uh, rock points and see the bald eagles come in and grab them. So that was kind of like where I came to love the outdoors was those trips and then just kind of doing the back 40 bass pond stuff in, in Alabama. Um, actually shot my first deer in Texas, uh, with my uncle and my cousin, uh, and, um, really got into more of the bird hunting stuff, uh, in college and, and post postgraduate, um, more of the duck hunting then. Um, and now I love, love to do it all. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, uh, like, especially like the boundary waters being up there. I mean, that's, that's a great introduction for anyone into the outdoors. And like you said, you know, catching like bass and pike. I mean, I'll argue with anyone till I'm blue in the face that there's not a better tasting fish than a fresh caught walleye. Oh man, same. It really is the best. Yeah. And I, I wish, I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I, I mean, I grew up doing some like, uh, you know, like pan fishing. Uh, but then walleye was one of the things that, you know, my dad, like, I mean, when springtime would come, you know, there was so many different ways that we could catch them here in Michigan, but we would stand yeah. in, we'd stand in waders and throw crankbaits. And then like, as he got older in life and he became like super obsessed with walleye fishing, especially on Lake Michigan. I mean, he was, you know, I mean, I have this, this super cool, um, like plat map of like one of the bays in Lake Michigan that he has like all these like waypoints marked out on from when he would fish that I have like framed and hung up somewhere in the house. And it's, uh, yeah, walleye is, it's tough to beat, man. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I always loved, especially like my favorite thing was catching them in the morning and then <laughs> filleting, filleting a couple out for lunch and making walleye tacos. Oh. You can't beat that. Oh, you're speaking my language here, James. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we do a family trip every year uh, to to northern Michigan, which is it's weird to say take a trip because that's where I grew up. But um, yeah, a couple years ago, uh, I did some fishing with my uncle for a day before we headed on vacation, and, and we limited out on walleye for the day. And he was like, "Yeah, take them all. I've got a freezer full of walleye, this and that." And yeah, just fried up walleye for the entire family. And I just sat there at the, at the um, at like the stove, just frying it up, drinking beer and just like taking <laughs> walleye right out of the pan and just eating it. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, if, if anyone has not tried walleye, they definitely need to. So good. I agree. So I kind of wanted to, I, I'd forgotten to ask here before we shifted gear. So, so what is it that, that really separates duck camp from a lot of the other brands, um, from a camel standpoint, from, a textile standpoint that that separates them from some of the other um camel companies out there yeah i'd say we kind of talk about the three pillars uh on the hunting side it's you know better fit better fabrics and better camo so um that was another issue we wanted to address when we came out with the lightweight hunting shirt and that extends through the rest of our product line is we we don't want it to be that square boxy you know, the quintessential fishing shirts that I'm sure you and I wore oh, when yeah. we grew up yep. uh, that are just kind of like a, a blanket on you. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we have our shirts and our, and our jackets, vests, and everything else have, you know, ample room through the shoulders, but more of an athletic cut through the body so that it's not so square cut. It doesn't get in your way when you're swinging a shotgun or climbing up a tree stand or whatever it is. Um, so that's the first piece. And then the better fabrics piece is, you know, like the bamboo, um, we make a lot of merino, we make 100% merino wool, um, base layers, and come. Uh, we have a, a pullover a merino, a, we call it the barn burner merino hoodie, that's an amazing product. Um, and then we also use products like uh, moleskin, fabrics like moleskin, cotton, um, you know, ripstop nylon, 
um, and the list goes on. But we decided we didn't want to cut corners when it comes to the quality of the fabrics. And we make all of our own products from the yarn level up. Um, and so uh, we're, we're, we're buying fabrics, cutting and sewing them and creating high quality garments. And then, yeah, the better camouflage patterns, which we talked about earlier, um, more innovative, a uh, little bit more modern with a nod to uh, the ancestry of where camouflage came from. Um, and then on the fishing side, I think it's a combination of those things and, and also a bit of style, you know, it's, um, cool looking plaids, it's attractive looking, uh, solid colors and, um, you know, in fabrics that, that dry quickly and, and keep you cool on the water. Yeah. And I think that I, from a, from a, uh, a strictly timing standpoint, I think duck camp is kind of, it kind of launched at a great time. Uh, especially, and I've talked about this with some of my other guests that it's almost like there's this like changing of the guard, passing of the torch, whatever you want to call it in terms of like the outdoors. And it's a, it's a much younger generation that's kind of at the forefront of things, uh, especially with social media. People are always, you know, talking about the brands that they use products that they, you know, that they use. And what I'm finding is that the younger generation, they want high quality stuff right from the start, right? They don't want to go through the process of having, you know, 10, 15 years worth of hunting with all these hand-me-downs from their dad and stuff like they want to jump right into the high-end stuff and Mm -hmm. to have, you know, garments that, you know, not only you said, not only like you said, they, they look cool and the, the, the properties of the fabric are what you want. It's that it's, I mean, it's an investment, right? And people want to make sure that that investment is going to kind of hold up over time. And I think yeah. that the, the, the different quality or the different like offerings that you guys have really kind of speaks to this new generation of like outdoorsmen and outdoors women. No doubt for sure. Yeah. I mean, we see that play out sometimes like on an Instagram ad, I'll look at the comments. Um, Cause you can go buy a camo shirt at Walmart for 20 bucks, yeah. <laughs> but it might, it might rip up that same season and then you're back to square one. And yeah. so sometimes we'll get comments like that, you know, well, you can, you can buy a, you can buy a rain jacket at, uh, you know, Walmart for 50 bucks instead of this, you know, $200 rain jacket. And then you'll see other people commenting on that and being like, well, yeah, you can, but, this one has lasted me the last three years and it's incredible and it breathes well and it's 100% waterproof or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it's just cool to see that like you're talking about that shift in priority for good gear out of the gate because you only have to buy it once. And you know, a lot of, a lot of these, uh, you know, these, these garments that we're making, you can pass down to, to your kid. Um, yeah. And so we, we want it to be, you know, I think brands that, have kind of pioneered that and that's in this space or like the Filsons of the world yeah. um, of kind of like, okay, this is a little bit more expensive, but it's not ridiculously expensive and it's going to last me a while. Like I see the inherent value in that. And if I can pass it along to my kid, you know, what, what cooler thing out of, out of a, a high performance uh, hunting jacket. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think about stuff that my dad passed on me a lot of it's like wool type stuff that that just tends to age better than than a lot of other things but like even going back to what you mentioned with like the different fabrics like you know the bamboo uh the merino wool the moleskin i mean these are all things and maybe it's just because i'm kind of a snob when it comes to my clothes and i like stuff that's super soft and comfortable but i mean those are all like materials that that i kind of that i would want to wear if i were in the field or even in everyday life 
Yeah, no doubt. So now, obviously, I mentioned it uh, when we first introduced uh, when I first introduced you. But Duck Camp is newly two percent certified. So tell me, how was it that you guys learned about two percent? Yeah, um, actually, I think uh, my first exposure to it was um, through Marshall Seedorf, who you had on on the podcast and we were talking about earlier. He and his um, wife Sammy have that Wild Rivers Coffee brand. They're doing a great job with, and um, and then I started looking into it more and talking to some people. Um, that are very conservation minded, just friends of mine and asking about it. And they're like, Oh yeah, 2% for conservation is like doing a really good job of just, um, I think holding businesses accountable is the main thing that consumers see that's intriguing about it because, um, you can say that you donate to conservation or that you're conservation minded company, but, uh, no one really knows what, you know, does that mean you're giving money? Does that mean you're giving product? Does that mean both? And I think the cool thing about 2% for conservation is it's both, it's a combination of the brand actually giving back a percentage of gross revenue. Mm-hmm. And they're like in your QuickBooks, you know, checking it out and making sure that you are, which I think is great. And then there's that, that other percentage of volunteer time. And so we were already doing a lot of these things before, you know, donating to Ducks Unlimited and Delta Waterfowl and Quail Forever and Trout Unlimited and on, on down the line. Um, and we were also making donations and then doing volunteer time. But this was a great way for Duck Camp to really formalize that and bring it into one space where uh, it's organized. We can kind of promote it in a way that's not you know super self-promoting right but just letting people know what the company's up to and what our core values are yeah and what i love especially about companies like duck camp is that you guys are creating you guys sell and offer a product that you know for the most part you're using to to harvest animals right with camel right i mean that's i mean sure you can just wear camel around just to wear it around but you know we're, we're buying it with a with a purpose or an end goal in mind to help harvest an animal and for you guys to to realize that, you know, inherently what hunters do is take away from the land um, by harvesting animals, that you're donating money back to try to preserve this area where these animals live. And I just, I mean, I'm, I'm super happy to see another, you know, almost camel specific company um, take part in 2% for conservation because there's, you know, there's a lot of camel brands out there and there's not a lot that are 2% certified. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and I think it's um, we've got this whole conservation program uh, that we're rolling out right now, kind of in, in phases. But you know, two percent kind of helps us, um, like I was saying earlier, organize that and uh, make sure that uh, everything is is kind of well structured out. And they're just doing a great job with that two percent for conservation program. And um, we're actually going to have. Um, conservation uh, ambassadors, which okay. I think is uh, kind of a new thing in, in this industry. Yeah, that's something uh, I've not I seen. seen it. Yeah, no, yeah. tell me about that. Yeah, so like um, we see all these these companies who have brand ambassadors um, and, it, and it almost feels like it's uh, just for Instagram. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, you know, Somebody just truth. wants to put it in their bio, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and we wanted our ambassador program, you know, we're going to do field testing and we're going to, you know, take them on photo shoots and we're going to, 
uh, do all that stuff that ambassadors typically do for, for outdoor brands, but it's going to be rooted in something that's meaningful in, in conservation. And these ambassadors are going to be liaisons between us, Duck Camp, the brand, and the conservation group. And so we might have somebody, you know, Owen Gaylor is one of our ambassadors on the Texas coast. He's a fly fishing guide. Uh, he's very conservation minded. Um, and he's um, going to be the liaison with his favorite conservation group, um, whether that's CCA working on a, a initiative that they're doing, whether that's, you know, Bonefish and Tarpon Trust or Cabins for Clean Water or some of these other organizations that are helping uh, preserve our natural resources and and create more opportunities for sportsmen and, and women on the water. And so um, the Conservation Ambassador Program is, is, is just that. It's rooted in conservation and and we want to um, help educate people and get them outdoors and learn about these uh, conservation projects that these groups are doing by way of our ambassadors and through through our marketing materials. But um, I don't know. It's still kind of in, in the formation process, but I think it'll be a cool way to um, help help influence people and draw attention to Duck Camp. But it all starts with um, our conservation mission and how we can support our conservation partners. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's an awesome idea. And it's almost, it's taking it one, I, I, we kind of said it, but it's not, it's not something that you see um, brands doing with having a conservation ambassador. I mean, yeah, there's, it seems like every brand out there, whether how big or small have, you know, brand ambassadors. And like you said, I think it's, it's just for the gram or it's just for social media. <laughs> right. Um, but to be able to kind of use that kind of that, that foundation of an ambassador, but to take it one step further and, you know, promote what duck camp stands for from a conservation side of things with, you know, organizations that you guys are already dealing with or giving back to, I think is, is a great idea. And I mean, I'm assuming this is going to go well. I mean, it sounds like a great idea and I know you guys are, are still in the early phases of it, but it wouldn't surprise me if you start to see other brands kind of, um, mimicking that and wanting to do the same thing, because I think it, it puts a, it doesn't put, I mean, it's a, it's a much better spin. Spin's not even the right word. It's, it's a much better way to approach an ambassador program. Yeah. Appreciate the kind words. Yeah. I think it'll be cool. And we're going to do things like organize a trash cleanup on a, you know, on a local river and here in Texas, or, um, you know, kind of come up with some of our own initiatives as well. And then, you know, we can, you know, loop in some of our ambassadors to, you know, pay them, pay them their day rate to take their, their boat out and then, they, and then sometimes they might say well why don't you take that day rate that you would be paying me and forward it along to to this group you know texas parks and wildlife or um stewards of the wild or whoever we're working with um and so you know it'll kind of have three pillars to it the funding aspect you know some of these conservation groups can't do the great work that they're doing if they don't receive <laughs> funds to, to yeah. uh, work work with and then the second is education and outreach so we're really big on you know these mentored hunting and fishing programs actually just did one last weekend with my fiance we uh, got certified with texas parks and wildlife as fly fishing instructors and so we oh, went that's out awesome and, yeah and each mentor has a mentee and you teach them how to uh you know tie knots and how to you know fish id and how to search for fish and fly selection and that sort of thing and then um you know when we get out on the water you just teach them basic conservation and, and sportsman like uh conduct on the water like we saw uh, some trash and so we picked it up and we put it in our bag and 
it's just little things like that that if you bring more people into the sport uh, the right way uh, and then they fall in love with it which all the mentees did and they all caught fish and <laughs> you see you follow them on Instagram after and they're out there fly fishing again already like the next day it's, yeah it was super rewarding and um, so anyway just doing things like that you know volunteering our time and um, that's kind of the third piece is activation kind of getting out there and practicing what we preach and yeah not just saying hey duck camp gives to conservation and no one really knows what that black box is but showing people what we're doing uh, involving our ambassadors and kind of treating it as a backbone for the brand moving forward yeah i think that that mentor mentee side of the outdoors is something that it seems like there's a lot more focus on with brands and with individuals uh in recent years and i think it's awesome um cuz like you said to to see these these mentees and people who have maybe either not experienced the outdoors or have a very, very limited experience of the outdoors to be able to participate and get out there with someone who has a lot of experience and can pass along a lot of knowledge, even if it's just at a very general level. Um, it kind of gives them the tools, like you said, to go out the next day and, and be out fly fishing again. And those like lessons and like the confidence that it builds in those mentees, uh, whether they're young kids or grown adults, whatever it is, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's hard to put a price on something like that. No doubt. There's another really cool group called Lincoln Hills Cares uh, that we just made a donation to and also making them some uh, embroidered uh, shirts with their logo on them. Um, but they're out of, out of Colorado, out of Denver, and they support kind of underprivileged youth in the area. And they give them an outlet to, you know, express creativity and to learn through, through fishing and, so I, I think it's really these really cool smaller programs and organizations like this that are that are hands on and actually making a difference in people's lives, whether that's, like you said, uh, a kid or if that's an old, adult onset, uh, yeah. you know, sportsman or, or woman. And so we want to support it all and, and do what we can as a as a brand who has, you know, a growing voice to help you know draw attention to these these things and these organizations that where people are doing really good stuff. Yeah. And that's that's one thing that's great is, is when you see companies like Duck Camp who are using their voice and their platform to kind of further the mission of conservation and the outdoors and, you know, getting, you know, non-participants involved if that's if they so choose to. You know, I, uh, I had a gentleman on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago who's from Texas as well. He's from uh, the Dallas area, I believe. Yeah, Dallas. And uh, he was talking about some some local um conservation projects that he's involved with um kind of specifically down there on the gulf coast um trying to put in a a new vlcc um in what is it the in port aransas uh the mm -hmm. uh, um so yeah it, it's cool i mean there's a ton it seems um of businesses out of texas that are two percent certified and i love to see it because texas is just i mean it's the lone star state for a reason right i mean there's just I mean, between the animals, the landscape, I mean, it, it, it's cool to see the different brands and all the different ways that those brands can have a positive impact on wildlife, conservation, the outdoors in all their own different ways. Yeah, no doubt. There's a really good community of brands here. And uh, like you said, a lot of them are, are focused on giving back and, and using their brand voice for good. And um there's yeah even just in Austin there's a lot of really cool brands from Haller Brothers to um to Cobus Boots and uh you know Cricket and Zilker Belts and other uh, kind of cool apparel and gear companies and then and then that small cooler company called Yeti 
Yeah, I've never heard of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you've kind of mentioned a few of them, but what are some of the organizations that Duck Camp is working with to give back? Yeah, so right now we're doing a, a two-month campaign with Trout Unlimited. Um, and so we have a function on our website where you can kind of tip at checkout that uh, contributes to Trout Unlimited. So okay. you can do a dollar amount or a percentage of your order. Um, and then we're also, we partnered with them to fund uh, free one-year memberships. And so if you come on the Duck Camp website and spend over 150 bucks, um, you get a free Trout Unlimited membership, which is a you know $35 value. And so Duck Camp's funding that that uh, membership back to TU. Um, we've had a, a lot of signups, um, you know, because after you place the order, you can go on and say, yes, I'd like to, um, you know, be a Trout Unlimited uh, member. And it's really cool for, it's a good, great program for TU too, because they kind of wanted a little bit of a younger membership base. Sure. Um, and so uh, that's, that's super exciting. That's going on right now. Um, and then uh, we're in talks with, uh, this summer, we would love to do something with uh, either or or both uh, Bonefish and Tarpon Trust and Captains for Clean Water. Um, Andy Mill, who's a, a, a famous saltwater uh, fly, fly angler, um, just signed on as a conservation ambassador. And he, those two organizations are really important to him. Uh, so we're going to figure out a, a program for later this summer with those. Um, I actually started a, a chapter for Hill Country. Uh, it's called the Hill Country Delta Waterfowl Chapter. And so okay. we had our first banquet last year. And so uh, I support Delta Waterfowl both on the personal side and with Duck Camp. Um, I think they're doing a lot in terms of um, habitat improvement and, you know, a lot of the research they're doing on migration patterns and, and um, helping to set uh, the right limits on different zones uh, for different states. Um and, and by species, like doing that, the surveys and the studies that kind of wildlife biologists do to kind of help track that migration and uh, affect change. Um, also, Ducks Unlimited, Quail Forever, um, we've historically supported. And then um, a lot of smaller groups like, uh, you know, Texas Parks and Wildlife. We've worked with the CCA. Um, and yeah, that's kind of it for now, but um, always open to learning about, you know, Lincoln Hills Cares, like I just mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, we're open to learning about new conservation groups and how we can support. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a, that's a very wide reach uh, in terms of the groups that you guys are working with. And that's and that that's what's great about 2% is, right, you can, it's not just limited to kind of, you know, the big three or four or five, you know, conservation organizations that are out there. And what I love is especially when, you know, like the Lincoln Hill Cares that you talked about, like these these very small organizations. Um, but it's something that Duck Camp is passionate about, you know, teaching whether it's, you know, underprivileged. It was underprivileged kids. Is, mm -hmm. is that, yeah. Um, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, about fly fishing. Uh, I mean, that's that's awesome. And I, I, I love to see when big brands get involved with smaller organizations, because those are the ones I think that almost have a greater impact, right? Even though they're, they just don't have the same reach as some of these other, you know, larger organizations. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Lincoln Hills care is kind of reminding me of big brothers, big sisters. I, I do that as a, as a big, as a mentor. And there you go. it's just been so, I've been doing it for years. It's just so fulfilling because you can like really affect someone's life in a positive way, as opposed to, you know, stroking a check and you're not sure what that nonprofit organization is really going to do with the funds. And, yeah. and so like, I, I like to give back my time and my effort and my emotional capacity in that regard. And 
I love how, like you said, Lincoln Hills Cares and some of these groups are, are doing that with a very hands-on approach. Like they took a bunch of kids out and they uh, got some trout and stocked, stocked the river. Okay. And then they taught them like how to kind of get out there and how to, how to catch the fish afterward and, and, um, and how to, you know, handle them with care, how to keep them wet, how to, um, you know, net them and then how to remove the hook and, uh, you know, a barbless hook and put them back in the water. And so I think, um, you know, starting people out with that foundation is, is really important. And, you know, another reason why we like Lincoln Hills cares and, and other groups that are out there, um, they are kind of promoting diversity in the outdoors. And yeah. that's one thing that we're really, uh, big on as well is being inclusive and, uh, educating people that want to get into the sport. Um, and so, uh, we're excited to support them and, and any other groups that, uh, kind of have that same mindset. Yeah, no, that's, <clears throat> that's great. And, you know, the more, the more people we can get involved in the outdoors, uh, really in any capacity, uh, is all going to be for the betterment of, you know, wildlife and, and wild places. No doubt. So one more question here, James, before I let you go. Um, I know Texas was a little bit different. You guys, uh, I don't feel like shut down or, or nearly as much as, as a lot of other states, which is, which is great. Uh, but do you have uh, like any big hunts or fishing trips or anything like that planned for the rest of the year? Yeah. So <clears throat> trying to think about what's next. Um, we actually just went and uh, shot our, our first TV commercial, which was super exciting nice. um, down in Florida and Chiefland, Florida outside of Gainesville. Um, and so we, uh, got on an Osceola Turkey, um, first day, which was awesome. Uh, a guy named Cameron Weddington, who's one of our conservation ambassadors on, on the Turkey side, uh, came down for that. And then we've caught some snook and some redfish, uh, out there and then did kind of a spot and stalk, uh, hog hunt with a bow. And so there'll be a, a TV commercial coming out, uh, this fall, a lot of football programming. So if you oh, see right it, on. uh, Right That's on. where it was filmed. Nice. <laughs> There's a guy named uh, Gray Drummond. His outfit down there called Florida Outdoor Experience is just incredible, just top notch. And he's he's also a conservationist and um, very very conservation minded, and is doing a lot of things for um, between easements and uh, you know making sure his land is going to be protected beyond his years, yeah. um, so that no developments can you know come in. And, and cut down the trees and, and build a Walmart on it. But, uh, yeah, that was a really cool trip. Um, other than that, I don't really have much planned for this. I'm going up to North Carolina to do some trout fishing with my fiance. She loves to fly fish too. Oh, nice. Uh, so we're doing that in May and then we're going to go fish with Owen Gaylor. Who I mentioned earlier on the Texas coast for some redfish in June. Um, so I guess those are my next two new trips coming up. Nice. Well, it sounds like a good time, man. It's a great way to, uh, to sp- to spend the spring and to kind of see some of the, uh, the different parts of the country, uh, and experience some of their different habitats, um, and everything like that. So I wish you, uh, I wish you luck on those. Yeah. Much appreciated. What's, what's next for you? Got any trips coming up? Uh, I'm going to, I'll do some Turkey hunting here, uh, in the next few weeks. Um, I got whitetail, uh, obviously in the fall, um, Trout season opens up here, uh, as I mentioned earlier to you, I think probably before we start mm-hmm. recording, uh, this weekend, uh, and that'll run through obviously, you know, better part of the year. So hopefully gets a, quite a bit of fly fishing in. Um, I always hold out hope for a Western hunt. Um, I've got two young kids, so it makes it a little bit difficult to, to leave the wife at home with them for any extended period of time. But we have mm-hmm. some friends out in Colorado that 
I keep trying to work the logistics out in my head and how we can kind of take a family trip, but I can still hunt at the same time. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, very nice. You'll have to ask uh, Sim or Marshall. I'll, I'll connect you all after this. They each have three kids. Well, Sim now has four, and they've, they've somehow figured out how to get outdoors and, and, and still do family time at the same time. So, yeah, and our uh, mutual friend, Marshall Seedorf, who we mentioned with Wild Rivers Coffee there, he keeps kind of getting in my ear about coming down to, to hunt Texas with him, which is looking more and more like a, a hopefully a good possibility. So if I do, I'll definitely be sure to look you up when I get down there. Yeah, come on down. And if you if you harvest an axis, I might I might tax you for a little bit of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> Texas state tax. That's all right with me, man. <laughs> that's <all> right. <laughs> well, hey James, it was great to uh great to speak to you and I, I really enjoyed hearing more about Duck Camp and especially all the great work that you guys are doing with conservation. And I uh I look forward to seeing, you know, how things play out in the future for you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Marcus. Enjoyed the talk. Yeah, all right. Thanks, James. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Well, a big thanks to James for taking some time to hop on the podcast today and telling us more about Duck Camp. I would like to thank the partners Go Hunt, Stone Glacier, and Wild Rivers Coffee Company, as well as 2% for Conservation. Um, Be sure and go out and support the brands that help, um, you know, make this podcast possible. Uh, And if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And there you can see all the certified brands, including Duck Camp, that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop. I also encourage you guys to follow 2% on social media where they're going to keep you up to date with everything in the conservation world and give you nothing but very um, positive conservation-driven posts in your feed. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you liked the episode. Remember, stay safe out there, and conservation starts with you. you.